hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. Welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kivan. Great to be with you. And we've been talking last week about the reasons why evil exists, why God even created it. And of course, we cannot answer when somebody's going through whatever difficulty or challenge they're going through individually. But there are many perspectives, as we say, Yeshivim Panam La Torah, 70 dimensions in the Torah, two Jews, three opinions, many different perspectives. There's no single theodicy in Judaism. And so if we examine the Torah and its teachings, the teachings of the sages, we'll find various explanations for why evil exists. And of course, to me, it's not an answer. It doesn't tell you why a person's suffering. But of course, it adds a little meaning to when an individual, if I myself am going through some challenge. Perhaps I could reflect on some of the ideas that we discussed. And one of them we talked about is that when we're going through any personal challenges, a, a personal trouble or affliction, that sometimes it's coming as a loving rebuke from God, perhaps to atone for a certain sin, maybe to rouse us to do teshuva, to repent, to change our lives. And we discussed another aspect of it, which is allowing for personal development and growth, that whatever trials and tribulations a person encounters, a person experiences, if we contribute if we somehow use it to channel it as a springboard towards personal development and growth, then of course, like the olive that's crushed, it brings out the best from within us. I want to just focus on a few other ideas that Talmud talks about, the concept that everything being for the good. We talked a story about Rabbi Akiva, how even when there was a negative experience that he saw as at the moment, it appears to be negative. Rabbi Akiva would always say, whatever God does is for the good. Call the Ovid Rahmana, whatever the merciful, almighty God does, Latav Avid is for the best. And that is another angle of seeing the good within the bad, finding the positive, even in the most difficult situations. Of course, it's not easy. Not always does one see it. Not always does a plane come crashing in the air when we miss the flight and we don't see what good could come out of it. Perhaps we're the ones who have to find the good. Maybe we were meant to be stuck in the airport to inspire a fellow Jew. Maybe we were there to refine certain sparks of holiness that were in that airport left just for us. Now, once you get a little deeper and decode the concept of evil a little further, there we get into the concept that it's there to provide us with the ability to choose between good and evil. It's about our free choice. And this is what, and the Tanya explains, this is why everything that happens in this world, all the affairs of this world are difficult and evil, and it's wicked, and the wicked sometimes prevails. It's about God giving us free choice. And the truth is, you could argue that without the existence of evil, there would be no such thing as good either. So if doing good was the only option that there was, then we wouldn't experience it as good. It would simply just be the reality of life of the way it is around us. If doing good came as naturally to us as breathing, then there wouldn't be any virtue and achievement in doing any good. Because everything is just, that's the way it is. When there's nothing negative to overcome or nothing deficient to improve, the very concept of achievement wouldn't exist. And I think that wouldn't be really conceivable to us. So for God to create a world without evil, a world with nothing for us to overcome and improve on, would be the same as creating a world 
without good. And obviously, that's not the purpose of creation, and that's something else we could talk about, is that evil is necessary in order that we should experience free choice. And I'll talk more about free choice, please God, next week. But the idea is that without that free choice, there absolutely would be no significance to the good that we do either. We'd just be like angels. We'd just be pre-programmed robots, but we're not computers. God gives us free choice, and that's why or another reason explained in Hasidic philosophy of why the evil exists too. And we'll be right back. This is Soul to Soul on 101.9 IFM. Talking about those free choices that we got. What are you going to eat? Well, the same thing. God gives us free choice every single day. It's our choice. What we want to do. Are we going to choose the good? Are we going to choose the not so good? And I think that leads us into another concept and another explanation that evil is actually a necessary condition in order for good to exist. Actually, in order to be, to appreciate a good restaurant, you've had to be at a bad restaurant. And it's not just because it's necessary to present an alternative to good that you appreciate the good restaurant because you went to a bad one. You appreciate good food because you tasted bad food. But in order for us to even be able to experience good, it needs to be limited. God made it that way intentionally because as we are finite beings, that's how God created us. We can't just imagine any other type of existence. We are finite beings and we cannot experience it, even relate to anything that is not finite. Anything we would possess in infinite form would actually be meaningless to us because as finite beings, we appreciate what is finite. So, for example, the fact that our physical lives are of a limited duration, we know that we have a certain amount of time, and we don't know how long that time will be, because one could say, ah, I get as much time as I want. Then why would life even be precious to us? If we lived forever, the value of every moment wouldn't really exist. There would be no reason to do anything now, because you could always do it tomorrow. Like the Procrastinators Conference begins tomorrow. You could do it next year. You could do it in a thousand years. What difference does it make when you do it? There wouldn't be any excitement or significance to anything that has ever happened because you could just do it some other time, whenever you want. What's there to cherish, to value, to appreciate? There would be nothing special to us about any person we meet because, yeah, everyone's equally perfect or we got an infinite amount of time, so who needs to rush and hurry? But the truth of the matter is you and I know, we all know that sometimes we regret not doing certain things because in our finite, limited time in this world is when we're able to achieve those things. And that's the way God made it, that if our life were just um, you know, infinite like that, then no, we wouldn't appreciate things. But think of all the things that give us pleasure and any sense of achievement that we have. If we knew everything... There wouldn't be anything to learn. It's just, that's the way it is. And if we never experience discomfort, then why would it appreciate comfort? A constant pleasure wouldn't be pleasure because it's meaningless. It's nothing to look forward to and to appreciate. So that's a very important point as well, that the reason God gave us the evil that exists in this world. And Maimonides has a very beautiful way of describing this. The idea is that we, what we experience as evil is simply the limitations of finite good, which is the only good that could be meaningful to us because it's important for us to realize 
that yes, if you want to appreciate it, God has to limit it to us. If your children had unlimited sweets and candies, then why would they appreciate the prize, the incentive you're trying to offer them? Another idea then is one that's, again, this is coming from the classic Hasidic work of Tanya. And there, it's a whole different idea where it explains that the negative things that we experience are actually a higher form of good than the ordinary good we experience. And that's a very interesting idea because this hidden good is actually so lofty that it, our finite faculties are incapable of processing it as it truly is. And therefore we experience it as something that perhaps is painful or distressing. But as it's explained in Tanya, that ultimately we have to recognize that everything comes from God. And if it comes from God, it has to be good. Everything God does is good. What we experience perhaps as not good, Tanya explains is actually a hidden good. And sometimes we just not sensitive enough to experience that good. So what I'd like to do now is we looked at the various different aspects of evil last week and today, very briefly. And each is a different explanation of why evil and pain and suffering and challenges exist. And it's not even a contradiction to God's goodness and kindness, according to what the sages taught us. So then, obviously, there are a lot more explanations that exist, but at the end of the day, none of these explanations in any way try to get God off the hook by eliminating or diminishing God's responsibility for the bad that happens in this world. Every Torah source acknowledges God's absolute power to do as God chooses and God's full involvement in everything that happens in the world, unlike a certain work, certain book I quoted last week that actually analyzes a little differently. Also a Jewish source, but not from the Hasidic texts. And that work of literature looks at it differently and says perhaps God's not in control or maybe God's not aware. But Hasidic philosophy does not recognize that at all. We believe that God is fully aware and God is fully in control. But these negative things could be serving as some kind of positive purpose and an integral part of the good that God is bestowing on us, the only problem is that we are not sensitive enough sometimes to realize how a challenge is really an opportunity. And regardless of whether you agree with these ideas or not, even if you do agree with these ideas, I'm curious if you accept any of these explanations as a valid reason for evil to exist. Any of these are satisfying reasons for negativity in your life? I'm sure we would rather not have the negative, even if there's some kind of positive spin to it. And so I think it's important to recognize that regardless of the explanations, we don't really want to accept evil. We really don't want it in our lives. And I'd like to just spend the remaining moments of today's discussion to just to get a closer look at the question of why does evil exist? Because as much explanation as you want to offer me, I don't think it's something that we really want to appreciate. Now, if you look through Jewish literature, for example, in the book of Isaiah and other places, as the three weeks are coming up soon, and we talk about the equation, for example, in the book of Isaiah, it says, 
We say it in our prayers every day, in fact, where that, that God forms light and creates darkness. God makes peace. The same God who creates light and creates peace, God also is the one who creates darkness and evil. So the equation of good with light and evil with darkness is actually a very common language, not just in Jewish literature, but in many cultures. Right? If people talk about the forces of darkness or someone's going through a difficult, through a dark time, what do they mean? Right? Usually it's universally understood in the sense that something not good is happening in a person's life. And if we were to understand that if the Torah employs that kind of language, it's not just poetry. It's a deep philosophical equation between good and light, between darkness and evil. And in our remaining time, I'd like to just touch into that a little bit. Two hours every weekday, covering everything from Torah, Parsha, holidays, and so much more. This is 101.9 High FM, Soul to Soul. And welcome back to Soul to Soul. I'm Rabbi Ari Kiebman. We've got a couple of minutes remaining. We're talking about evil that exists. By the way, we will be having this evening a fascinating discussion, JLI, the Jewish Learning Institute. And tonight, we're going to be tapping into a much deeper topic, not just why evil exists, but we're going to look at why do we exist? Who are we? What are we? So if you're interested in learning more about yourself, the Kabbalah of you, and you want to hear what the Zohar, what the Tanya, what classic works of Jewish literature and philosophy, of Hasidic philosophy, has to say about us. Who are we? The mind-body problem. We're going to be exploring a few fascinating ideas about the human being. You know, inside every one of us, there's a voice that says, I am me. But where does that voice come from? That's going to be something I'm going to be talking about tonight. And generally speaking, there are two approaches to the enigma of consciousness, of self-awareness. And we're going to look at the two approaches. One is the body and the mind that are two different entities, as is proposed by various philosophers, including Descartes. And we're going to look at the mind that's just a function or product of the body, as many other philosophers discuss. The question is, what does Torah have to say? And we're going to look at the Torah's perspective of body and soul. We'll look at our consciousness. We're going to look at what is me, what's not me. Why is it that sometimes we say, oh, that's not me. What do you mean? Who was it then? Who said that? And we look at our self-character. We're going to look at our ego. Is ego bad? Is it a conflict with our uh, humility? We'll look at the spiritual sensitivity of our ego and look at the being more self-aware. Actually, ego could be very good. It's not ego. Oftentimes you hear the acronym easing God out. But tonight I'm going to share with you the ideas of a healthy ego, healthy self-awareness, self-esteem. Yes, you could be a little selfish, but I don't want to give away tonight's talk. So I welcome you to join me this evening, 7.15 p.m. at the Jewish Learning Institute, which is located at Santon Central Shul, opposite the Chow Train. We have plenty of parking available. There's no cost. Donations are accepted. But you're most welcome to join us at 7.15 p.m. It's a 90-minute interactive discussion with videos, PowerPoint presentations, textbook for every participant. And you will get to understand why we have that daily struggle of good and evil inside of ourselves. I'm personally very psyched to share this idea with you because this is the second last in our Kabbalah series that we're discussing right now. We're rethinking everything that we know about our universe. And tonight we're going to be exploring ourselves 
and we're going to talk about the purpose of why God gives us two consciousnesses. Yes, indeed, we have two double consciousness, body and soul, and how the body is not evil, and the soul is not the only route to a good life in this world. Indeed, we need a synthesis, a combination of both. And we'll be talking a little more about that this evening, 7.15 to 8.45 p.m. at Santon Central Shul, the Jewish Learning Institute. So join us again, 7.15 p.m. at the Jewish Learning Institute, 8 Stella Street, opposite the Chow Train, 7.15 tonight. In the remaining few minutes, a few people are asking me, Rabbi, Rabbi, please, they want to hear a little more about the evil that exists. So one idea that we, one premise that we establish for certain, as we know, we recognize that there's nothing else but God in this world. We say it at our prayers every day in the Shabbat. And therefore, if we recognize that there's nothing but God and everything that comes from God is good, then we understand that the very existence of evil then contradicts the idea that nothing exists other than what God wants. So how could evil even exist in this world? You're going to hear the news in a few minutes. And what do we hear in the news? I hope you got some good news for us today. But you know the way it works. I heard it this morning on the radio on Howard's show that if they were to report good news, who would listen? Of course, there's bad news always. So we have to recognize that the darkness is not an existence, an entity of its own, but rather, as Kabbalah teaches us, that darkness, it's not the opposite of the light. It is the absence of light. Nothing in this world could exist outside of God. So in that sense, if darkness is only the absence of light, then the equation of evil with darkness is the idea that evil is not an inherent, it's not an independent existence. It's just the concealment of good. Just as darkness is the absence of light. Evil is the absence of good. And I think I touched on last week the idea of a vacuum, the concept of a, a vacuum, an empty space, that if you have a vacuum, it could be used to lift massive weights and impel things forward at tremendous speeds. But the vacuum itself is literally nothing. What is a vacuum? It's empty. It's empty space. But it achieves what it is, whatever it accomplishes, not with anything it has or does, but by causing the matter and forcing outside of it to react its emptiness. So like think of blood that's rushing into a syringe. How did the blood, what's happening? There's a vacuum, there's a space. And this is the idea that I would like to say is that like a vacuum, evil itself is nothing but it stimulates everything around it to replace and eliminate the emptiness. If you think of a mind, if you don't fill it up with positivity, then unfortunately, as a vacuum, as an empty place, negativity fills in instead. And so at the end of the day, we we have to recognize that because there's nothing godly and evil, it's the emptiness, it's the empty space Therefore, we don't really tolerate, we don't really want evil in our lives. And what difference does it make if evil is in existence or a non-existence? Okay, that's a good question that just came through to me. Well, I guess you're saying it hurts just as much and it's just as heartbreaking whether it exists or doesn't exist, whether it's an existence or the absence of a good existence. Well, I guess let me just share with you uh, two concluding thoughts. Number one is King Solomon talks about the, he says, Yisron 
the advantage of wisdom over stupidity, of, over folly, and the advantage of or min He compares the two. And therefore he says that what is the superiority of wisdom over folly? What is it? And what is the light, darkness, what's it all about? Well, the thing is, and Tanya explains the concept, how do you get rid of darkness? What do you have to do? You can't chase it away with sticks. The way we get rid of darkness is by kindling a light. When you kindle a light, that's how you banish darkness. And so when King Solomon uses these words about the superiority of wisdom over folly, of course he understood that stupidity is stupid. And he understands that light is better than darkness. But he's asking, will man's animalistic tendencies, will our darker side get the better of us? Will the evil prevail in the world? And his idea, his answer came from the advantage of darkness and light. Darkness, what he explains is, actually has no substance of its own. So the light doesn't need to grapple with darkness in order to overcome it. You don't need to get into a fight and a struggle. What you got to do is, where there's light, there's no darkness. And the same is true of stupidity. Where you have wisdom, if you teach yourself, if you open a book, regardless of your age. You know, Rabbi Akiva was a lot older than I am when he started learning the alphabet and became one of the greatest scholars in Jewish history. And so each one of us as well could banish our darkness, whatever it is inside of us, whatever challenge we are facing, we could make it dissipate. Increase in acts of goodness and kindness in your life and you will see the advantage of the good over the evil. And finally, I think if we understand the true nature of evil, that its existence is a non-existence, then we realize it's not so difficult for us to overcome the challenge, whatever challenges we face in our life. See those challenges as windows of opportunity and you'll overcome them all. So all you got to do is strike a match of light, of goodness, and you'll banish the darkness. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you a meaningful Shabbos. For those of you who are going to join us this evening, 7.15 p.m., Chabad's Goodness and Kindness Center in Santon Central. For Who Are You? Have a wonderful Shabbos. Carpe diem.